Okay, yeah, go ahead and record. I like a little soft intro. Hi! Almost Modern Live, a podcast so butch, so massive. Are we surprised? No, but do we expect it? Yes. yes. Recorded in front of a live studio audience. What? Like, maybe not. No. <laughs> was that as good for you as it was for me? Yeah, no. Well, 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 Andy. Um... Mm. Can I can I talk about a problem that I recently had as of 20 minutes ago? You can always come to me with your problems. Okay. Maybe this is also a call for people to help me. And I'm really sorry that I'm starting the episode <laughs> wow. this way. A call to action so early in the episode. Yeah. So I'm really struggling with underwear when I go to spin. Uh-oh. Things are getting shifted down legs. Things are getting pinched. All of a sudden, uh, things are in three different places that I didn't even know could happen. Hmm. I don't know what to do. Okay, are you the reason that I'm getting sponsored ads uh, from Hanes advertising their new, you know, you know those underwear brands that are like basket or like, you know, they're just like, here's a couple extra walls in your underwear to like yep. hold everything in place. I definitely just Hanes has supper tech. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like Separatech, but by Hanes. Interesting. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe check that out. Maybe that's it could what be I need. a more affordable solution. The problem with the Separatech is my 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 size problem is mm. more mm-hmm. on the berries type situation. Sure. Uh, rather than the the vine. Um, so Separatech <laughs> is really designed more for um, the showers. Um, if that makes uh-huh. sense. So the only way Separatep works for me is if I put all of it through like a giant cock ring in my underwear, which is just yeah. too much in my opinion. I feel like oh, I'm okay. just out there to the world. Uh, so mm. I'm, I'm struggling. Um, but anyway, hi, I'm Tyler. And I'm Andy. <laughs> and this is Homo's, Homo's Modern, Modern Life. Life. <laughs> A podcast where we want to know what you're wearing for your underwear. How do you hold your balls at night? Um, anyway. I don't or during know. the day. Or during the day. Or during the morning or evening or whatever. Uh, sure. What's new with you, Andrew? Um, I've never done that. That rhymes. Wow. Wow. 50, okay. 60 somewhat episodes <laughs> later. Uh What's new with me? Well, you know, as a homeowner, mm. you discover new things every day. Mm. This isn't really so much a discovery. It's just something that I got to witness in person last night. Uh, as you know, there were storms, severe thunderstorms in our area. Yes. And hail. Uh, well, I didn't see any hail, but I mean, I also Heard didn't it. just like go watch the storms. Uh, but I did, (laughs) I did, um, you know, one of the doors, the patio door in my bedroom, we know is in disrepair because it has like chunk, it's like rotted off chunks, I guess Mm -hmm. it was that way when I bought it and they were 
the cellar was supposed to get it replaced anyway. Uh, it kind of turned into a full on water feature last night <laughs> oh. where water was coming in above the door, like through the like water falling out of the bottom of the trim and just like trickling all down the door. See, this is making me not at an alarming rate. Yeah. Uh, well, but the great thing about this is that it's covered by the HOA. Oh. Um, I just have to get them to actually do something about it, which they are. Um, they sent a guy out today without telling me they were going to. Somebody just knocked on my door and I was like, oh, <laughs> hello. Uh, and he said he was going to seal it from the outside. I don't know if you ever actually did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, the doors are apparently custom and it will take about six weeks. To get to, they've ordered several just to like have on hand, but good, yeah, good. it's gonna take. Yeah, I was like, well, too bad you didn't have any on hand for me. Yeah, but it was a, uh, it was fun. I was uh, actually, I was taking a bath, mm-hmm. which was uh, is also a new thing mm-hmm. for me. I haven't soaking. had a bathtub in so long. I was soaking in some, yeah, some Epsom salts with coconut oil. Mm. So the skin, she is smooth. She is supple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, got a good workout in today. Feeling good. You're back on your normal grind. You're all moved in. I am. You're a new person. You're a new life. Listen, there's still some unpacking that I should do that just hasn't. It's, you know, it's one of those things when you're like almost there, Mm -hmm. but then there's just like little things that you don't uh, just never, you never really want to do. Well, I've like, gotten so much worse at managing my laundry. It's harder when you don't have someone to tell you to take it out. Yeah, I guess. Because you're just like, it can, you know, I can do it when I need to do it. Well, it's just that I, I think it's that, you know, since I usually do laundry at my parents' house, it's usually that I go. Um, I haven't it's been going strange. there because I've been busy. Well, you have your own laundry. I know they have, but they have big machines that do it fast. I guess, and I have I to go over. I like I go over there anyway. It just is some nice structure to my uh, weeks. It's a what good I, designated time to do it. It's not I that I need them. Visiting my sister. For it's not years. like I'm taking my laundry to my mom and being like, "Hey, do my laundry." <laughs> it's like I'm just doing it over there. I did that like once or twice at my sister's, and I was like, "This is awful." Like I don't want to spend my time like folding laundry here. Like. I really want to do that when I'm home, let alone when I'm like out for dinner. Sure. Uh, well, I don't ever fold it there. I just oh. always throw it in the bag and fold it when I get home. Oh, you're a rebel. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. I um, um, have uh, submitted my DNA to two different companies today. Well, uh-huh. and they will do with it what they want. Yeah, I'm going to see if I have any <laughs> unknown siblings. All I want to know is that I'm related to royalty. I don't think that's too much to ask. Um, well. <laughs> and I also did a metabolism test, too, you know, just out of curiosity, because I would love for science to tell me that's the reason I struggle, you know? Um, that would be so nice. Right? So it's kind of interesting. Tell me it's, it's not my fault. Yeah, it tests thyroid, which is a which is not usually a male thing, but 
every right. female in my family but you are gay so. has had it and i'm a homosexual exactly exactly it'll mm-hmm. test my testosterone which like let's face it i think it's pretty low uh <sighs> and then it does something else which i don't but remember then you could just is. get one of those you know low yeah, testosterone can... deodorant stick things that you can just yeah can you imagine you know? me on testosterone like i'm gonna go through second puberty it's gonna be amazing oh i hope all so. of a sudden i'm gonna be like a bear with a giant beard and shit that's what i'm hoping you're gonna for. grow body hair you're gonna stop being smooth yeah. like a oh my dolphin. god like that's what i mean i that's all i want like i would i would do testosterone just to do that but i also don't want it to make me like crazy you know what i mean Wait. i just want to be at a normal level like i don't want to yeah. wait out isn't it steroids is that not the same thing no they're not steroids and testosterone are not the same thing. I just like, I don't, I'm afraid that testosterone is going to make me angry and like, yeah, um, I mean, it could, I will say I went two and a half days without nicotine. You went, uh, so this is past tense. <laughs> not, I have gone, not I'm going. I was getting very angry by about three o'clock today at that's, everything. Uh, that's and withdrawal, I was like, dear. I was like, okay, I think I went a little too hard, too strong. Uh, so, and I was like, do I get cigarettes? Do I get a jewel? And so I got a jewel, but I'm going to try to limit my intake and make this one last and like slowly edge off of it and not just wake up one day and be like, I'm not going to do it anymore after smoking the equivalent of like four packs a day. So, you know, cold turkey works for some people and not others. It did for me before, but this time I was just like, God, like, I'm going to kill somebody. I was mad. At Arla. I, was I do mad feel like everybody. it's, I feel like it's going to be hard to uh, monitor your intake with a jewel. Cause I feel like there's not really like measurement markers on a jewel pod. Right, right, right. Uh, right. <laughs> so what you're going to do is you're going to tell yourself, I can only have one jewel pod every four days. And you're going to do the whole thing the first day and have to go three, three days more days without, without one. Yeah. <laughs> That, you know, that's my lesson. I thought about just getting like a nice little Tupperware to leave outside and put my jewel in said Tupperware and... Tupperware? Uh, yeah, because I don't want it to get rain. Tu- <laughs> Say it again. Tub- tupperware? Tupperware. <laughs> How has our podcast become a parody of a podcast? <laughs> I don't know. Everybody seen that uh, that clip? Whose podcast was that? One of the Impractical Jokers, right? Yeah, Impractical Jokers. Uh, I forget his name. Somebody, oh man. Yeah. Um, Somebody on his podcast and they had a whole, you know, it's a whole thing. If you, if you didn't see it, that's fine. It, it made me laugh. And then I'm aware. I'm I'm guilty of it all the time. What are you saying? Say say it again. Tupperware. Say it again. Slow. Tupperware. Slow. Very slow. Say the first syllable. Tub. Because do you know what my problem is, is growing up, I told myself, if I don't know what I'm talking about, just say it with confidence, like I'm right. And everyone else will question if they're wrong. Mm. And for most of my mm-hmm. life, it's worked. Mm. I used to throw words out and they'd be like, oh, yeah. And be like that. I don't know what that word means, but I'm glad you agree. Uh, mm-hmm. One of one of my early memories of uh, homeschooling and like learning to spell was when I misspelled breakfast, not because I, you know, misunderstood the sounds that letters make, but because I thought it was breakfast. <laughs> oh, I love to wake up to a nice bowl of breakfast. And so I spelled it B R E A T H F A S T S. 
And my mom was like, well, that's not right. And I was like, but isn't that how, isn't that what the word is? And she's yeah. like, no, but you got the TH sound right. So, you know, good for you. I remember when I had to do a uh, reading test one time and I got every word right except for island, which I said is land. And the teacher made me feel so bad for missing it that I (sighs) never got it wrong. She was like, this was wrong. Like, you know this word and this was wrong. And I was like, oh my God, I got every other fucking word right. But what is an island? Is land. It's land. Yeah. They mm. tell you to sound it out. So you sound it out. And they're like, oh, no. my God. Yes. And they're like, no, this is one of the exceptions, you know, Fuck that happened as, of- happened as often as the rule. Fuck it up. Ugh. That's, you know, education. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, also, I love sex ed. Um, <clears throat> the show or the um, class? Both. Oh my God. Are they doing more seasons of it? Why is know. Jillian Anderson like the it girl now? I mean, I guess she was, but like she's in like everything good. Like she doesn't do anything she... bad. Have you noticed that? I don't know who that is. X Files, Margaret Thatcher in The Crown. Uh, she's the mother in. Uh... Is it Sex Ed? The British one? Oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if that's her, love her. Yeah, she's like in. Uh, yeah, she's in everything, and every product she does is like gold. And it's like, what's yeah. what do you drink? Is it smart water? That's what Jennifer <laughs> Aniston drinks. It's so not what Zac Efron drinks. So if I drink generic knockoff members, Mark Smart Water. Yeah, will that you're going to be a generic me... knockoff bitch. Yeah, will that at least get me on like a B-rated sitcom? Well, maybe, but, you know, also single-use plastics, you know. I mean, I use them more than once. Okay, well, (laughs) so they're not. They're not single-use. Absolutely. I mean, and then I throw them away. Listen, the amount of food waste I do, I have no room in this glass house to throw stones. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Not food waste, but, like, fast food container waste where was i the (laughs) other day where i was like this is so much packaging for literally just a box of food uh Mm. i think i went to kfc it was a weak moment um (laughs) and i literally i think i got like their chicken tenders and it came like the chicken tenders and there was something else that was in there and then there was a package of this and that or something and i was like why is there so mm-hmm. many things why do i have to fight so much to get to my food what is this a crawfish mm-hmm. what i really hate is when i go to velvet taco and i get like one taco and a, they're like tater tots with goat cheese and an egg mm-hmm. mm, so good but you know the tater tots come in their own thing and then the taco comes in one of those taco specially designed taco containment units that's made for three tacos and it's just one taco in there and i'm like well now i feel bad Mm -hmm. i don't know i always uh if there's ever an option to check the box where they don't give me you know like utensils and a napkin and everything i always check that you would like them to just like you would like to walk up and (sighs) then just to put the raw food in your hand not the raw food. I, I pay them to cook it. 
that's well, the whole point. Yeah, just uh, like here's a taco. Yeah. <clears throat> I would like, love to yeah, I would love to buy some sort of container that you know, fast food places could just or restaurants yeah. in general could just What if what if you know, we put started, my food in this? If Starbucks lets you bring your own cup, well, not during a pandemic, but if Starbucks lets <sighs> you bring your own cup, why can't you bring your own Tupperware? Tupperware? To mm. a store. Yeah. I mean, like, in college, in the dining hall, that used to be a thing mm-hmm. that you could get a reusable to-go container and like bring it, and mm-hmm. it was yeah, good. You get it? I mean, but I never ate food from the dining hall to-go. I've I, I don't know. Everyone talks horror stories of dining halls, and then I see the things that's like mac and cheese, where it's just like rigatoni pasta with some American cheese thrown on it or something. Yeah. No, like, the food wasn't that bad. I always did the uh, the stir fry station because you get to watch them mm, do it in front of you, and you just like point bougie. to things. And you're like, put that in it. Put that in it. Ooh la la! Yeah. Oh, and there was um, there was a dessert station where this lovely little Asian woman named Miss Mai, uh, or May, I think people pronounced it May. I don't really know. Uh, she fresh baked cookies i'm sure they were from like a tube but she fresh baked cookies and there was always bluebell ice cream Mm, she makes sandwiches no she wouldn't make them into sandwiches god i want you could do that yourself though ice cream sounds so good Mm, that does sound good um well it's time for a little bitty break um, and then we come back with some very exciting guests. Some very exciting yes. and special guests. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Woo. Just stay here, please. Thank you. Drag is about empowerment. We travel across this country to take people from who they are to what they can be. Thank God I brought these. (laughs) We're actually taking some locals, (laughs) turning them into fierce drag queens. Shangela, Love the Drag Queen, and Eureka. We came and we brought drag. Oh, I feel like Mary Poppins, bitch. These small towns, there are people who have never seen a drag queen. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. No, I'm kidding. I see rough around the edges. There is improvement to be made. I think we all go through that struggle of life, doubts and insecurities, and just people making fun of you or bullying you. Everything about me, at one point or another, has been used against me. It all started when Haley came out. My mom had this look as she thought I would go to hell. If you could say something to them now, I would just say, you know? sorry. I want you to feel like you have a purpose. Honey, you can't live for nobody but yourself. If I'm not willing to live in the shoes of somebody who does drag, then how can I expect someone to understand my experience? Really, it's like a triumph of love over labels. How do you feel being in drag? Sexy as I just feel like so electric. Love is love is love. Am I right? 
Perfect. Welcome back. We are joined with our very special guests, Johnny Ingram and Steve Warren, the creators of the HBO show that I was obsessed with over quarantine. We're here. Welcome, Johnny and Steven. Thank you. Yeah, so great to be here. Uh, as I was telling you just a little bit earlier, I really got obsessed with this. It really came out at the right time where I was watching, uh, was it, there was Drag Race, Drag Race All-Stars, and we're here. And I literally, for like four hours, would just go into this world of drag. Uh, I think every Friday is when I got through them all. Um, and I was obsessed. And also, as someone coming from a small town, I was like, yes, get drag queens into those towns. It's what we need. Um, so I'm super excited to have you guys here. Well, really, thank you for watching um, and also enjoying the drag universe. Maybe one day we'll be able to create an entire planet. Right? That's the goal, <laughs> really. RuPaul's working on it. Yeah. Get get Elon Musk on the phone, RuPaul. It'll happen. Right? Is there. Awesome. That's actually so um, the story behind RuPaul's To the Moon. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, I mean, <laughs> that's what she's actually saying. We're going to create a drag colony on the moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we're, um, so we're one country I, at a time. <laughs> I have a really uh, simple question for us non-industry folks, um, but what does it mean to be a show creator as far as, especially a show like this? Well, what it means is that we came up with the concept, we mm -hmm. fleshed it out, and then we wound up selling it to HBO. And it's different in the scripted world versus the unscripted world that mm -hmm. it's a little bit more amorphous in this in the unscripted world but you know the origin you know johnny and i you know were watching while while we were on vacation almost you know a year two years ago or something like that now um and we were watching a lot of television because it's raining out and we were watching all stars rupaul all stars and we both thought, what if we took drag queens in the real world? What would happen? Mm -hmm. We're both very political. We're both very, you know, we care about what's going on in this world. Mm -hmm. And we thought, what would happen? And then we envisioned a whole safe space. We envisioned the cars. We envisioned all of this. And then um, I have been an entertainment lawyer for over 30 years in Los Angeles. And that represent a lot of actors, writers and directors. And then so I was having lunch with the head of HBO, who was someone that I've been doing business with for many years and is a friend. And I never even thought that they were interested in anything like this. But this was a couple of days after the vacation. And I told him about it. And he immediately said, we want it. There's a woman in New York who's wanted to do something like this forever. We want this. And then I called Johnny immediately when I got into the car. I said, guess what? And that was it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, that also, um, it's really interesting too, because like for me, it's all the things that I've really loved about uh, the history of drag. It reminds me very much of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, of course. I apologize, my dog, of course, as soon as I start talking, she's gonna bark. Uh, but very much like Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Um, when I Immediately when I saw the cars, I was like, yes. Um, and then a really old drag, drag race spinoff which i don't know if you ever saw called drag you um that i still think you know needed its place to come back so this for me was like that new iteration and kind of 
taking it out of the workroom and and into the real world and and exposing it to people because I think that's really the way that we get rid of any stigma associated with it. So I'm beyond excited for it. We, we learned a lot about, you know, a lot of pre-existing things. And this concept really came from both of our advocacy work. I mean, I, we, we both really do care a lot about um, it, it, how we can elevate the community, not only in, in with our voices and use our platforms, but also um, Stephen was on uh, the board of GLAD for over 10 years and co-chair uh, for many of those years. Uh, and I did a lot of advocacy work within my advertising career where just really doing whatever we could to try and make the world, you know, a little gayer, uh, mm -hmm. gay friendly and, and bringing, you know, more people into the world and into our world and, and sort of so we can help educate and, and, and build that. And, and, and when we were creating and really shaping how the show was going to come to life, we wanted to, you know, take all the things we know about dragons and sort of move them a little bit into a different sort of space. And I think all of these, some, I actually hadn't seen Drag U, um, which, which, which was funny. Um, of course, it came up, you know, when we were starting to making this and Bob was like, have you seen um, Drag U? I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> this is better. This is better. Um, well, thank you. But it was really, <laughs> really, this did come, come, come from our hearts. And then, you know, when you learn how to craft and, 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 and really shape how the show is going to come to life. Um, we wanted to, you know, definitely push this forward. Yeah. Well, and and that kind of leads me to, and your next question too, of, of bringing all this stuff you knew about drag into the real life. Did either one of you grow up in a small town, kind of like the ones that you visit in the show? Is that was that part of the influence in in kind of bringing drag there? Absolutely. I mean, I am from, uh, I have to say, outside of Dollywood, Tennessee, um, which is very near where Eureka is from, Johnson mm -hmm. City, Tennessee. I'm actually in between Dollywood and Johnson City, so I'm somewhere in between. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was born there. And uh, I, I, would, I, I would say my um, experience in, in East Tennessee growing up, you know, wasn't amazing, um, wasn't, wasn't horrific. Um, I don't have um stories that that i that i'm comfortable sharing here but it wasn't really the most welcoming place to be uh, we're outside of dollywood itself <laughs> that was a yeah. really nice place for us to go so it's the moment i could leave uh i i left and um moved to chicago i wanted to go to art school and uh join the world of creativity and 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 be able to be my authentic self far 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 away from from, from from the small town that I, that I grew up in, um, when I when I when I landed there, I, I I got into this really great art school, so I was very excited. But I ended up working in a drag bar um, and many drag bars actually as a waiter. I, I'm not a performer. I'm I, I'm not a really <laughs> strong presence on a stage, even though our, you know my, my voice can carry a little bit, but it's still I just I get really nervous. Even this experience is not my always oh, my favorite. Yeah. Being uh, being either in front of the camera or in front of the microphone, uh, but the but I saw these just these the, this community of people that really welcomed me um, and helped me 
find myself. And, and it was yeah. actually the drag performers that really almost like mothers and helped me understand that you, you know what was going on in the Chicago scene. Don't talk to that guy. Here's a drink, you know, because I know you don't have mm -hmm. you don't have enough money. You're you're young. You just came from the small town. It was really welcomed me into the uh, to the LGBTQ community, and and that was sort of my. My, I don't know if it was like my welcome party, but it yeah. was a really, really great experience. And, and there is a lot of that built into the show, how important it is and how I wished we had that in the community in which I grew up. And we did have versions of it in Knoxville, which is uh, sort of the closest big city that I grew up. Mm -hmm. um, and, and unfortunately, the bar that, uh, that had some of the best drag has, has closed recently. And, and, but it's been, that, that experience was really helpful for me and defining who, who I was and, and helped me understand, you know, um, how, what it meant to be, to be queer. Yeah, totally. I, yeah. I think the show does a great job, um, kind of highlighting how important it is in like the queer world to have these shepherds to guide you into, you know, queerness. And, uh, it's just great to see these, like, they're almost like superheroes coming to town and, uh, you know, helping out these these people and also highlighting stories of people in communities that are already doing that great work. Yeah. I yeah, think those were some of my were, favorite stories. While we were in um in New Mexico in Farmington, New Mexico, there's one of the uh the drag kids, Nicole, um, was a lawyer and that she was involved with Identity Inc., which is an organization that was, you know, on the main street in New Mexico, in Farmington, New Mexico, where it's like a little safe space, but they only have, you know, a few hours a week of availability for people to come in, for kids from the local school to come in. But it was so touching that when we saw the work that they did and Nicole's passion for this, that it's it was really enlightening for us to see that there are the Nicoles that we would find in each of these towns that were somehow their own leaders in the community that were able to be amplified as a result of us coming there. And I think it's, you know, and what we hope is after we leave that their voices are stronger than ever and more people are, you know, wanting to join. And we owe a lot of that, you know, this, this, superhero-ness to RuPaul as RuPaul has mm -hmm. elevated you know drag to the umpteenth degree and these performers that would never be you know considered you know for the big screen or, or your home screen um and, and if it weren't if it weren't for Ru mm -hmm. and I think taking you know that star you know drag performer back to these communities and show shine some of that light on where it's much needed. It was really the spirit of the show. I mean, we could have cast outside of, you know, uh, the, the RuPaul franchise, but it didn't really seem like, why would you do that when we have all these just wonderful performers that, you know, that, that have, they're all artists and they all do, they're all, it, it, they all have their each, unique way of expressing that art um and why can't why shouldn't we take you know that 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 level of, of performance and these people this surrounding uh group of designers and makeup artists and and wig designers and um and, and take that on the road and and get outside the you know the box so to speak um 
to really, you know, sh sh take the best of the queer community in these big cities to these to these small towns and hope to plant little seeds that this too can actually create more safe spaces for queer people everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the season one finale also did a really good job of showing how like each of these RuPaul queens that is hosting the show was like their stories are these stories too. Yes. Absolutely. Exactly right. It's exactly. hard to connect the dots. I mean, you know, we, we you do whatever you can to get, you know, it, you know, in this business, it's it's really difficult to to get on TV um, and to get your story told, and you know, people work, you know, their entire lives to, to, to get that platform, and you, you sometimes miss, you know, especially people who didn't understand um, or knew who Bob Shangela and Eureka were before before our show. This was a really unexpected opportunity for us to be able to tell those stories. And, and I know that episode specifically was, you know, was very emotional for, for us and even our showrunner and, and, and our story producers, because we had to make it from scratch. We didn't get to finish the, the last episode because of COVID. And we really wanted to tell a thoughtful story. We didn't have a whole lot of time. So it was almost like making a documentary in, in weeks versus, you know, oftentimes these are made crafted over months or years. So we had to um, act fast, and, the, and what we thought was the most thoughtful way to do that would be to tell their stories, but also um, talk a little bit about the collective experience that we're all having. You know, and this was very early in, in, in COVID, so I think it was very emotional. And we are, um, you know, we like the show to have has that up, those up emotional roller coaster, <laughs> those ups and downs. Yeah. You know, because I do think that sort of is how what queer life is like. A lot of a lot of people are stuck in, in really difficult situations. So in order to shake off the night, you go to the drag bar and yeah. you're blown away with like magic and, um, and, <laughs> and fun. And it really helps you to just sort of, you know, shake off whatever difficulty you may have had during the day. It's your sort of moment of your little safe space of, of joy. Yeah. And it, it, it is that, and, and that, and it really creates this full sense of family. Like, I remember when I moved from the hill country to Austin, like I didn't know anybody, but all of a sudden I had all these drag queens and, you know, Austin has a very different kind of drag than some of the other places in the world too. Um, but they really kind of helped bring me up and, and helped me deal with a lot of things that led me to where I was there. So, you know, on top of, 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 being a fantastical performance and serving a look, there's a lot more behind there, which I think this show does a really great job of, of doing. Um, Speaking of Austin, it was almost to the day, mm -hmm. I think a year ago, where we were supposed to have our world premiere at South by Southwest. Yes. <laughs> and cars were gonna get there. We were gonna be having so many of the drag kids come from the different towns. And you know, I've been to that South by Southwest you know, it's, the Paramount Theater where we were going to have it. It yeah. was so exciting. We were all so excited then to be like, nope, can't yeah. do it. Yeah. So no, I love Austin. Yeah, especially South by. It's a whole, whole beast in and of itself, especially when you live there. Like you live in Austin for part of the year and then you live in South by Southwest for the rest of the year. But yeah. it's, it's fun. like the it's Toronto a Film Festival. Yeah. Lived in Toronto for a while where Toronto is one thing, but then during the film festival, it's the center of the cinema world, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, that also, another question I was gonna ask too, which you've kind of said, but more in short are, what are the kind of uh, 
key takeaways that you hope that your viewers have after watching a show like we're here? I just hope more than anything that you feel connected to other people that you wouldn't otherwise think you could ever have that connection with. And that I certainly felt that along the way as we're going to these towns, talking to the people, not just the people that we, you know, you know, had on the show, but you know, the barbers that we would meet, the, you know, people that I would never otherwise see, the waiters, the waitresses, the people in the, you know, where, wherever we would meet, the sign makers, you know, those, mm -hmm. you know, the, um, the three suitcases, I don't know if you've noticed them in the show that are really beautifully done. Yeah. Johnny I and I were one. in. <laughs> what was that? I want one. <laughs> yeah, I, we were in. This was, there was a guy in um, Gettysburg who made these, you know, he had a sign shop and I was obsessed with the sign shop. I said, Johnny, come in, come in, come in. Mm -hmm. And we came in and then Johnny thought, oh, let's do these suitcases, you know, because you just make signs. But meeting that guy who would never in a million years been involved with anything to do with drag and we told him what it was for and invited him to come to the show. But the truth is he wasn't comfortable coming to the show, you know, and that we would find that consistently mm -hmm. You know, we could be friends, be talking, not friends, but you know, you'd be talking to people within the town and just say, they ask what you're doing. What are you doing here? We say, oh, come to the show on Thursday. Oh, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll never forget, like, the first time I took my mother to a drag show. Um, and this was in Knoxville, Tennessee. And it was just the conversations, the, the, it's the, you know, it just starts. It gets people talking. There's so much to talk about. There's so much to see. There's so, you know, much more of an entertaining quality. But there's also, you know, it, it, it forces people to open their minds, and then they start asking questions. Sometimes not always the best questions, but you got to get them out of the way. You got to start that conversation. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no progress made. And I think there's no better way to start conversations than to take three really superstar drag performers into a small community where there's nothing going on mm -hmm. and there's nothing been going on for a while and there's nothing to do that gets the towns talking and I think that first conversation that people are having and igniting those conversations is progress even though they may not always be the right conversations or the healthiest conversations but these will get there if we keep the conversations going and I really hope that these a lot of small towns that we, that that we travel to can see wow this actually this experience was really not only mind opening I had a conversation with my family that I've never had before that I really needed to have um, or wouldn't it be great you know since there's nothing to do in this town if we actually started a, a drag show or maybe created a safe space for you know just like-minded people to come and enjoy you know this really amazing art form and these are really you know, important things for communities to, to, to have. And, and a lot of small towns have nothing or right. nothing going on. So this is definitely something to talk about. Totally, totally. I mean, uh, the biggest thing I had in my small town, which I feel lucky is I had a P flags for like three different counties that met once a, once a month, but it was all the parents and none of the kids. And I was like, well, this is really fun for <laughs> me to go Super fun to. for those kids. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that's awesome. So um, I have uh, one more last question before we get into our pod Q and gay here. Um, and I'm going to make it a little bit easier by saying that you cannot say Shangela, Eureka, um, or uh, Bob. <laughs> But uh, who is your favorite drag queen of all time? Or RuPaul, you can't say RuPaul. 
Uh, so none of those four. <laughs> Who's your favorite drag queen of all time, and why? Um, I, I, I this is a, this this is, that makes it really hard. I I I, I can't play favorites personally, um, <laughs> as you know. I think that all these drag queens have art. They're all artists, and they're different types of artists. So it's like asking, like, who's your favorite painter? It's like there's so many great painters, and yeah. you know, you'd like to you want to collect them all if you can afford to. Yeah. Um, um, but if you really, you know, I think there has been a lot of drag performers that maybe wouldn't consider drag at all, like Dolly Parton. Yeah. Only. Um, whom is a bio queen in mid self admitted. Oh, for sure. And no, she isn't. <laughs> you know, the definition of a drag performer, but I. That's the first one I ever knew um, as a kid, and I just and, and, and she always was my north star mm -hmm. in Eastern Tennessee. Um, you know, to see if you can paint that up and uh, and, and, and 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 then speak from the heart. It was just for me was was really really meaningful. So it isn't. Is that if, if Dolly Parton a drag queen? Then, then yeah. yeah, Dolly Parton would be. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I, and that also kind of gets me out of uh, a competition that <laughs> we don't necessarily need to have because this isn't a competition. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was the same uh, for me. I mean, Lady Gaga for me, yeah. what, I was like, this is amazing. And then I realized, oh, like people do this all the time. And it's like, you want to go, you ever want to go to a concert and sit in front row, just go to a drag show. It's the same, yeah. same vibe for it's sure. The same people creating the same magic on these, you know, these performers. Uh, you still have the, the glam squad behind these performers mm -hmm. are often drag performers. Perfect. You know, it's like, I wouldn't say I have a favorite, mm -hmm. but like one of the first drag shows where it was an actual like theater thing that just stood out in my mind that I remember seeing in Provincetown was Varla Jean Merman. And she was just, you know, yeah. really smart and funny. And, uh, you know, it's too bad, you know, it's like she, she can still go on, you know, RuPaul. Like you look at this season, there was the 49 year old drag queen that was on. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, so impressive. Review your history with Varla Jean. I love it. Now, I know that you, my, I, I have one more question before we get into pod and Q and gay. So I kind of like, um, and I know you can't say much, but of season two, is there anything that you can tell us? I just need to say we're back and yeah. it's better and bigger and more awesome. I mean, it has definitely been a challenge, as we all know, but I think we're, you know, we, we, we also see that within this collective experience, there's a lot of beauty and we're going to we're going to plump that beauty up and put mm -hmm. some wigs on it and some throw some glitter at it. And it really is going to be um something something really really special and we have lots of surprises in store so very okay. very exciting yeah and i can also tell what's really fun so far to even see the differences everyone that everyone that we have been talking to for season two has seen season one mm -hmm. when we were finding our drag kids for the first season no one knew what we were doing so that they had to just blindly trust us and that i think <laughs> really made everyone proud we told their stories in ways that were beautiful so that the people that we've now we're, we're finding in these new towns that are all over the country all over the country um i think feel a freedom 
to know that they can trust us. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Awesome. Yeah. There is always an innocence though, that with the, the first season of a reality show where you're like, these people have no idea what's happening and you're just getting oh, to watch no. it all. <laughs> um, all right. So now we'll pivot to listener questions, which we call pod Q and gay. Uh, you know, I like that. We yeah. thought Q and a was too, uh, too straight. <laughs> Uh, and so I'll just go ahead and kick us off with our first question. Um, what was the casting process like for your host queens? And was it always going to be three queens? I'll tell you, the answer is we knew it was these three queens right from the start. We didn't talk to wow. one other drag queen. We just knew in our hearts and our intuition was telling us these are the three right people. They will mesh, even though Truly, they wow. weren't really friends before, and they knew they all knew each other. But we just knew it. HBO trusted us, and they knew it as well. And we didn't talk to anybody else. Yeah. Well, and the they had some process. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Was pretty. We just had dinner with with, with you know with with um, with Bob, and we had lunch with Eureka, and a and a phone call with Shangela, <laughs> who Shangela was backstage at an Ariana Grande concert saying. <laughs> I can't talk right now, but I'm going to call you right back after I do this picture with Ariana. Hold on. <laughs> and, and it's a funny, funny to, to, to call and, uh, and, to, and to have, you know, such three really terrific performers um, all, you know, be so all in and give us, you know, not only their talent, but access to, you know, their, their own stories and, 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 and emotions. And it's not easy going to these towns. It's not easy um, to, you know, to be isolated in a communities that that are definitely struggling with the conservative identity um, or mm -hmm. whatever it is uh, they're on the cusp of. Hopeful, hopefully, and on the cusp of, you know, progress. But that's, uh, you know, that's our in, in, inside our our hearts, and, and we hope happens in these places. But it is, um, you know, they, we have got all three queens. Um, their their full um, like artistic uh, abilities in this show, and we're just so grateful. Yeah, and yeah, and props to them. <laughs> yeah, because it's not easy to like go into these towns and, especially in full drag, and just walk up to random people like they do. And uh, you know, a lot, I feel like a lot of people would would be too traumatized from past experiences to do that. Yeah, drag in the daytime, you know, it's different than drag, <laughs> drag in the night in a bar. And oh, all, God, oh, yeah. The, um, and, and not to mention trying to, you know, trying to get some, some fabric or, you know, something that isn't working with your, with your look at, you know, a local Walmart or wherever it is you can find, um, find something to, you know, glue that nail back on. Also, imagine, <laughs> imagine being in full, imagine being in full drag in 95 degree heat with like 99% humidity oh my God, it was so at, you know, in Gettysburg. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was pride. Basically they've all done pride. We all know pride. There were times, yeah, there were times when it was just like exhausting, but it was so exhilarating too, yeah. to yeah. see, you know, and to even be in that weather, to be in that environment, everything about it was exhilarating. Yeah. Totally. Well, and I was going to say, too, you've got three queens that are very um, strong in themselves. Maybe they weren't always that way, but I think them being very strong in themselves is what gives them the ability 
to to be in drag in 95 degree heat and to go deal with you know the people at the bakery right yeah <laughs> they're so funny the judges just bakery. like i love i just like laugh so much they are so funny the other thing i got to say about these three people in particular they're highly intelligent mm -hmm. i mean it is a pleasure to you know to talk with each of them about anything and that they have taught us both so much and but they're so smart yeah. and that's i think one of the key factors that makes the show a success because they are very keen about what they need to be doing and what they how they need to be quiet at times when they need to interject how they don't step over each other because they want to be very respectful they turned into a real sisterhood you know and it's they weren't close to begin with and that they grew to be close um uh one of my other questions here um uh from anonymous uh were there <laughs> were you ever really shocked either positively or negatively by anyone that you met <laughs> no, I was like, mini stories all the time there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make the edit i mean we have a very full um you know a full experience uh, we and we don't really want to shine and we intentionally don't shine too much light on negativity i think you're going to get we've had a few shocking moments especially in branson missouri you know where it was pretty clear that we weren't wanted there um and a lot of times you don't see you know what we're as producers how difficult it is to secure even a location to perform in mm -hmm. uh, because the moment you show up and you say oh you're here with hbo doing a, you know a documentary series people are like light up like yes oh my god come to our place we love it and you say <laughs> you know the four letters lgbt and so like uh you know oh, i i have a funeral to attend whatever excuses come you sort of meet you, you meet those excuses again and again and again, and, and, and it's really hard to to, to to lock down a lot of a lot of these locations. Not to mention, you know, I you know had people come up to us. I mean, one guy in Gettysburg literally flipped me off because I wouldn't tell him you know exactly what the show was about. Uh, but I think he already knew because of these people are talking around town, and then, you know we were right across from a gun store, so I was just like a little nervous. Um, nothing that has been like incredibly shocking um but i definitely some it, it was has had been there's been some uncomfortable moments but that's always part of what the show is about is getting uncomfortable because there isn't going to be progress unless we do a little bit of work well i'll tell you what is i think what some of the most wonderful moments were meeting some of the other you know we would be on the street in branson filming while we're really having trouble with, you know, people trying to kick us off the street. And then a gay couple will come up to us and just say, oh, I am so glad you're here. This is so, mm. I can't believe you're here. Like, how did you choose? Everyone, the same question every single time. Why did you choose us? Right. You know, every single time, that's what happens. But then in Twin Falls, we were there for a trans night of remembrance. And that they had a one of um, Brandon, who was one of the people, one of the drag kids in Twin Falls, led this discussion group with some with like five trans people that were 
at this, I was at this church for that night and there were like 50 people in the audience and there were these kids, a couple kids spoke from outlying high schools that were even more rural than Twin Falls. And it was so important to hear the struggles they're going through. It was so, so touching. And then, you know, we invited them to come to the show and they had, you know, since they're minors, they had to come with their parents and, you know, one, some weren't able to, but one was able to. And you could literally feel when that, when he came to the show and brought his mother, and then I immediately took them backstage. It was that moment that will change his life. And I mean, you just knew that was happening. And how important it is, I think, and I, again, I, I wish I had this. I keep saying that when I was younger, but just to look around for one night, even if it is just one night, look around and say, wow. I mean, the people lining up for these these drag shows were like hours long. They waited for hours in line. <laughs> and they wrapped around buildings and into streets. It was been like people are showing up to these events. And it's how wonderful it is to see all, mm -hmm. not only representation of, 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 of LGBT community and these local communities, but your allies and the people, they're probably new people that may, this may be their first drag show, but you look around, it's like, I have a lot of support. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of love to, to see, especially if you're a young, a young kid, um, just trying to learning and figuring out, you know, who you are. And, and it is, you need that. You need to see that love. And you're doing it for the mm -hmm. younger version of you, basically. Oh, I would love this. I yeah. Love this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was always amazed by it. Sorry, go ahead. I was, I was always amazed by how like packed out the shows were for these small towns. I assume people are coming from like hours away to no, come see we this. In, we are in small towns, but there are other small towns around and if word, mm -hmm. word, it's, it's the internet and word gets out fast. I mean, yeah. these, all these local communities have like, uh, like Ruston, for example, have this thing called Ruston Rant, which was, this one was a <laughs> yes. conservative Facebook group as we know what those are like, as we know, you know, that even, you know, anywhere there's hate online, you know, where there's, where there's love, there's also hate, uh, sadly. So we, uh, but what this happens in most of these communities, they have versions of that. And they're, as soon as we get into town, though people are chatting it up, you know, the, but the good thing that we're starting to see is they're arguing amongst themselves. And I think that at least, like I said, that ignite, igniting these conversations, people are talking and people are learning and people are saying, well, maybe my opinion, needs to change because I can totally see that this is coming from a place of love or maybe I will go, I'm going to go I want to see what this is all about so I can you know talk to my family and they get back and they're like you oh, know I had a really great time and I learned a lot about it. I met some really good people and I, um, you know I'm, I th totally changed my point of view and I think that is what drag does I mean yeah. and, and if, you know I, I mean it'd be great if I could just me and Steven could walk into town and be like hey guys do you want to you want to talk about the LGBT <laughs> no 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 one's really going to we're not going to want to want to do that, but I think if you invite them to this such an entertaining experience uh, out of this world, and it feels like, you know, with Shangela is on stage, you feel like you're at a Beyonce concert. You're just like, I don't know what just happened in there, but I had a best time, and maybe he's a little drunk too. But. Yeah. Well, and everyone is one degree away from Beyonce with Shangela. At this point, so, <laughs> I mean, it is like watching Beyonce like on on stage. It is really mind blowing. Yeah. Okay, our next listener question was, how do you pick the people to make over? And are you taking applications? <laughs> we have a, we have casting people that 
research different towns all across the country and that they'll wind up finding like an interesting article or you'll somehow they'll hear about a town like for example in twin falls this is a good way um twin falls there's a new organization called mama dragons and that it is a group of mormon women who are supportive of their gay children mm -hmm. so that organization somehow the casting person found he spoke to someone in that organization that then told them oh we have these really interesting people that you should meet this person this person this person and then so we talk to all these different people they talk and then we get a selection of a number of different people that who tape themselves you know or that we tape and then we wind up choosing from these group of tapings people that we think will be the most um relevant and and instructive and, and fun to watch on screen there i mean they're they're real heartfelt stories i mean people that you have to you have to have we're not we're not saving lives you know we're not going in we're not changing the world with you know with with, with one drag show but the unique you know celebration of individuality and or celebrating someone who's maybe a little uncomfortable in their own skin and actually being able to benefit from this you know from being on stage you know um and and, and drag is is very specific so we, we don't want just highlighting stories just for the sake of uh of make you know of, of being extreme or telling something that's just you know definitely going to be a tearjerker what we really want are, are authentic real people we're just re regular people uh that you know that are brave enough because it isn't easy to stand in front of your, we, we're leaving these towns we're going we're out you know right. we're at peace we're not like not like we won't ever come back because i really we really do actually love the people and the communities that we meet but there is this sort of you have to live there and exist after this drag show and we you know we really to stand up on that stage is it takes a lot of you know courage and you have to be you know really brave and almost like become you're almost a, a now a, a beacon of light for your community whether you want it or not yeah uh, people are going to look to you and say i can't believe you did that you were on that show and it meant something to me mm -hmm. and so you're now representing you know your local community um so we do want to we, we do try to pick you know stories and people that that can you know ideally be that person in these communities or that like for example in, in farmington we just talked about earlier nicole just having that highlighting that organization that you know is small um but it's but it's there and it's it's there for the local people to to, to enjoy or to if they're they're in their time of need and, and i think having those resources and highlighting those resources is really important um, but we do also um, scour the internet, as you know, just because you never know. Some people may not have uh, access to our, our producers or our story, um, well, uh, story producers or our, our casting agents. So you can actually, um, I've even gotten DMs that sometimes that worked. I've even had our, our, our story um, or our casting producers also uh, are very active in social media. And, and we have a, um, a porthole, uh, which I can... I uh, don't have it with me right this second, but that you can also submit um, your your story that has a few questionnaires and stuff for you to answer. Okay. Um, someone did someone, you know, messaged Johnny about their hometown that they thought this is a perfect place to do it. And we very well may be going to that place yeah. um, this season because 
they knew they had something there and you know we'd listen yeah it is just we have to it has to be has to you know it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a dance because you know there are three there's three <laughs> stories from each town and mm-hmm. you know and, and you don't want every story to be you know to make you want to you know we, we can only have so many tears i guess you can probably <laughs> want to have you know you want to have, have levels yeah levels and texture to this to the story because not everybody's experience is sad right. and i think that's really what this is about it's also about celebrating you know how wonderful you know it is to be who you are exactly and this new sort of elevated more glammed up uh, doll version of yourself is still you just a different version of you well and i i love that you call them like what what i always felt like as a leader at the time a gay leader or whatever at the time when i was in high school i came out very early i had a honestly very good experience um and then one person that's older than me um, has transitioned and she's living her best life as well, but we left, so we're gone. So there's no one there for those people that like we started their journey and and left. So by like going in and, and creating those leaders or even like, uh, I think of, um, what was his name, Stacy? Um, I don't know why I always think of him just as a straight man. He was like, yeah. I'm there, I'm a leader. I'm here to support, oh, yeah. I'm here to make everyone feel good. Um, if that's you talk I'm about saying. anybody, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick you out of this bar. I mean, that is <laughs> yeah. you know, we, exactly. We, we need, we need. And Stacy's performance too was one of my favorite performances because he was <laughs> so awkward, <laughs> and that you know it was so hard. I mean, he was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but it's like I don't you know, think he, I don't think he really knew what he was signing up for, but I think when he got he it, did it, yeah, oh, he did it. Uh, but what you said earlier that was really actually important um i mean when we leave these communities you leave you know there's a there there is we we we, we that's the reason why part of the show is to go back yeah and visit the places that we've left i mean there is a it's really surprising yet really hard to digest statistic that you know the homeless populations in large cities uh is, identifies 40 percent of the homeless population in large cities identifies lgbtq youth so a lot of people are leaving for these safe havens of large cities and, and it's so expensive or they don't have the support system that they have back at home and you end up on the street. So yeah. the, this is, you know, entertaining, I, 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 an entertaining way to, to be an activist, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but how important it is to create spaces within these small communities. So that maybe one day you don't have to leave if you don't want to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll do one more question because I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, but this one's actually from our former producer, Carter. Um, he said, uh, how do you tread the line of being respectful to those who disagree and stand strongly against uh, what you and the show believe in? Well, I think, I mean, you tread the line, you listen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the hardest things to possibly do is just listen. And that, you know, for example, Hunter's father isn't someone that I would probably ever run across or talk with and that when you talk with him and you just listen, you wind up bridging some gaps. There are some people where it's just not going to, nothing's going to change and that don't spend much time doing that. But I really think the only thing you can do, and for me, I'm really like, I say what's on my mind, you know, and that I'm an advocate as my profession. I'm an advocate, you know, for gay rights, for my family, for my friends. 
and that I really don't like holding back, but it's been an exercise in holding back a little bit when I go to these towns. When I go to the barber shop and the barber, you know, you can see all the Trump stuff on the walls and, uh, you know, some incredibly sexist stuff up on the walls. And that instead of like here, if I saw that, I, I would say something right away. But instead, yeah. I just listen and I just talk and I see what happens. And, and I'm a Libra, so I'm very much like, I'm like trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to balance <laughs> No, it, 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 it's, it's, it's hard, but you know that, that the recent, I think, the recent sort of ignition of, of, of hate and, and hate speech and, and, and things that are, that are happening in the world has, is, is really a bit about people yelling at each other. And if you, you, if you, that's not really going to get you anywhere. Yep. And if we actually just take a moment to, like Stephen was saying, listen, but also have a bit more of a dialogue, you can inch closer to progress. And I yeah. and, and mm -hmm. we do really truly with our heart to believe that, you know, love and it will win. And we just have to put in the work. If we're not willing to put in the work, it won't happen. But if we roll up your sleeves, get down into these places and be willing to have with those that may not be as woke as you are, um, can't help them sort of open their minds just a little. These little little things in your brain that 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 that, that sort of bypass each other, so they can create new memories and new thoughts, and, and that that's what these these conversations are doing. And, and yeah. you know, it's not always going to be the healthiest dialogue, but at least in the end, you're getting closer to progress. And that's what I think we all, as a community, you know, especially those that have been enlightened in large cities, are been able to be successful in these large cities. We should pay a visit to those. That, that that maybe need a little uplift or a little bit more light. Well, and it's like, you know, I grew up in the Texas Hill Country, if you're familiar, Kerrville, Fredericksburg, whole bunch of stuff. And that's the thing is that's always been there. That's always been the conversation that's there. And even though I feel like I had a good time, it's probably just because I blocked a lot of it out and just kept going. <laughs> um, but I also think it's, you know, it's the ideas that they've had forever and there's just never been any new ideas. So why would you ever question what's been there? So you know, by going yeah. in and, and being that representation, we, you know, evoke that conversation. Um, but that's the only way it's going to happen. They're not just going to wake up one day and be like, all right, I guess I'm just going to change my mind today. So I, I completely understand. Great. Yeah. I mean, it's a show that we just, we really, you know, who knew that, you know, that, that doing something so good, it could be so fun to watch and emotional, but also make you laugh and make you cry. I think that is really what, Queer life is is all about. It is sort of it, it is those ups and downs, but at, at the end, we we have a lot of fucking fun, and uh, <laughs> and in this you know, and bringing these the these three wildly entertaining and talented performers on the road has been literally the, the most amazing thing that's ever happened to us, and we're just so proud of it and so grateful that it is actually you know impacting uh, others as well. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right, I'll ask one last question from our listeners. Uh, this listener asked what your drag names would be uh, and what would be your signature look? So <laughs> I got to start by saying it's so funny. There was a night in Gettysburg. It was like midnight and that Eureka, Johnny, me, um, Erica, if you remember Erica, who was the mother that 
you know, was, you know, estranged from her daughter and her husband and our casting person were eating at the Gettysburg Diner and that it was, we were tired, but having a great time. And there was a sign in the Gettysburg Diner that said restroom downstairs with an, uh, an arrow pointing where the arrow, you know, to go downstairs to the bathroom. So I said, you know what? That's my drag name, restroom downstairs. <laughs> he, has hyphenate, he has to hyphenate the, the, the ending so we have all of our, our your drag mothers. Yes, I have to be one of them. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Restroom Rest downstairs, O'Hara, Aquifa. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The drag queen. With the drag queen. I have no idea what my signature look would be, but uh, Johnny can do that one. Um, yeah, definitely got to work on those eyebrows. Um, but uh, my, my, my drag name. Um, is Tiffany Tangerine, and I'm from Tennessee. Mm. It's like go big orange. It's just I. I, I was orange. about to say. I'm assuming there has to be a lot of orange involved if your <laughs> name is Tiffany Tangerine. Yeah. Uh, orange yeah. and Dude, I mean, John is a big fan. I of do Tina love Burner. Tina Burner. I mean, so I used to go. I used to go to Barracuda on Thursday night for you know the amateur drag show in New York when I lived there. It was Tina. Was like the bouncer, the entertainment. Um, I, you know, it was so much fun. It's also really great to see, you know, Tina on uh, this season of, of RuPaul as well. Really, That's the most yeah. thing of fun thing about RuPaul is like these people that you know, these touchable celebrities are all of a sudden there. Like Cynthia Lee Fontaine was my drag aunt from way back in Austin, and Pheromone took me to my yeah. first like my first drag show. So it's like crazy to see these people and then just watch them blow up. Like American yeah. Idol, who you know? I know. Well, you know, it's it is it is really they're, they're they're all so so talented, and it is really great to see this elevated as an art form, and and that's really also what you know that, that we've got to build in the show is these are artists, and they're you know and giving them um, the all they need to create you know more beautiful and tell these beautiful stories is it's all them you know they 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 concept it they. You know, they, they bring these these new people into their into their lives and they, you know, you know, create all of this with, you know, with their creative teams. And it's just so mesmerizing and fun to watch. Like even like I know we just got our drag names and our, our, our looks, but we we're not performers and we'd love to watch other people shine. And I think that is I mean, but did they ever did you ever just get in a, like a little bit of drag with all these amazing yeah. artists yeah, yeah, around yeah, yeah. you that I you're traveling got, around? Yeah, with? I was like, oh, you yeah. don't have a choice. You have to have like point. put on at least like a, a, a wig. I would show you a picture too, but uh, but you know, I'm the ugliest, so ugly. It's pathetic. <laughs> so ugly. Yeah, I'm that gonna, should be my name. Would be something ugly. Well, maybe, Coyote maybe, ugly. Maybe yeah. one day we'll be able to we'll do like a BTS uh, something with HBO, and we'll get him. We'll get him in, in in proper drag. Perfect. Perfect. You know what I'd love to see? I would love to see like I was watching. You were saying about American Idol. Uh -huh. You know, I would love to see Kellyanne Conway do the Erica thing and apologize to Claudia because uh -huh. you know Claudia's daughter's on American Idol now that would be fun mm -hmm. if we get Kellyanne Kellyanne you're listening we're inviting you <laughs> yeah Kellyanne listens to the podcast very special episode huge homos modern life fan I say just delete her Twitter oh <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, well, if it ever happens, we'll we're gonna call y'all. Yes, we <laughs> expect to be on that show if it happens. We're we're claiming <laughs> that right now. Well, Johnny, Steven, thank you so much for being here. I'm so happy we got to talk. You. 
uh awesome episode i thought it was i had fun <laughs> yeah we could talk to y'all for hours um if hbo wants to do one of their companion podcasts for we're here we're happy to uh especially as, as we move along uh into this next season we'll we'll stay in touch we'll do it i'll i yes. will i will be on it i got <laughs> it guy on YouTube who does like you know the recaps and his, he's so funny when he does our show and he talks about you know every element that happens it's hilarious to watch <laughs> i love it well um for our listeners at home as always you know where to find me at homo's modern life on instagram and i'm at andy from boy story johnny steven would you like to shout out your instagram uh, mine is Johnny or other platforms. J O H N N I E Instagram. It's almost like my last name. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a long joke. I'm not really. I'm not. I mean, I put. I put a lot of really fun drag content. And also, note the photos. A lot of the photos from the show I, 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 I've taken. Mm-hmm. So they're on yeah, my. Yeah. They're on my Instagram. And I don't even. I don't even have an Instagram. Steven doesn't. Yeah, have I it. was trying to find you. I was like, he's not. He's not. No, he, I'm he too hide, old. He hides behind this like kitten. Kitten. Instagram. Yeah, no, I have a cat. <laughs> I have a cat that was like. So that's how I get to go on Instagram. Like I'll look through, you know, yeah. the kitten pictures. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Arlo, yeah. my yeah. dog. Steven has says, if own. I want to be found, I will let you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course, don't forget we're here's Instagram, which is quite literally we're here. Um, we're the here. best title. Um, but again, like I said, thank you so much. I'm so excited for this to get out there. And if you ever go to the Texas Hill Country, just let me know. I will show you everywhere you need to go. Well, we may be somewhere <laughs> close. I'm telling you. We will let you know. Let me know. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye, guys. Bye. Right. Thank Thanks, you. guys. This has been a Homo's Modern Life production. Thanks for listening. If you want more, check out our sister show, HML Political Hookup, at HML Political Hookup on Instagram. If you want to see what we're up to, you can visit our website, homosmodernlife.com. And if you want to get in touch, you can reach out to us at homosmodernlife at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can cover your body with our merch at HML Shop on Instagram. If you're feeling generous, you can send us a cash tip on Venmo at Homo's Modern Life. Or send us a cash tip on Cash App, dollar sign Homo's Modern Life. Fare thee well. <laughs>